trying to get a chase account in Navy Federal and then I can, you know, take a little hiatus and focus on this full time. What's up today? I got a special guest, attorney Sharika Gatson. Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying it right. Attorney. There's no Esquire? All you guys Esquires or no? Yeah, I'm Esquire. You say that at the end. So it's attorney Sharika Gatson Esquire. Nah, it's redundant if you say both of them. Oh, you could say Sharika Gatson Esquire. Yeah. Or oh, attorney. What sounds better? I mean, I like Esquire. At the end? Yeah. But it's cool. It don't make a difference to me. Mm. So so it's how'd you end up being a lawyer? Or what type of lawyer are you? So uh, right now I'm doing, I'm pretty much an attorney for entrepreneurs doing trademarks, business formations, Copyrights, assisting with contracts, drafting, reviewing, um, contract litigation, cannabis law. So, okay, why is that important for like entrepreneurs? Like for myself, like I guess I would need somebody like you for like a trademark type of deal. Yeah, you would need me to trademark your name. Otherwise, somebody could take it in. I just, then I got to go to court and pay more money to show No, I extort you. Like you want your name back to use it. Pay me this much money. And also for your contracts, because you do a lot of, you know, um, you know, you do a lot of work and, you know, you can probably get some stuff in writing to have things, you know, uh, in black and white, protect yourself. You know what I'm saying? That sounds terms, good. conditions. Everybody knows their obligations. You know your obligations. But when I'm writing, and this is in reference to like writing a contract. Yeah, contracts. But all the, you know, all the uh, the events and stuff that you do, you probably do a lot of stuff word of mouth, huh? Handshake. Um, yeah. See, uh, nah, I won't, you don't do that. I mean, if it's somebody new and I'm going somewhere, like if I'm going like out of town or it's a different type of, I'm going to send you a contract. Yeah, you need, yeah. you need to start doing contracts for real. But I'm not going to do a contract for a part I've been doing for like five years. And that's why you should do a why? contract. Because if you have been doing a party, an event for five years, why don't y'all have it on paper? Why Why are either one of y'all leaving the terms um, in the air for anybody to decide to do it differently on any given day? As if there's no contract, then like saying- anything can change. So like saying they can just fire me and that's that. Like, yeah, that's it. And I mean, you could just literally show up one day and they be like, we strike. And what you going to do? Well, how would the contract protect me? Contract protect you because you could at least have, you can put terms in there that you want. You can have it, you know, for a certain amount of time. Um, you can say, I want to have this. I want to um, be the only host for the next year. So every what may I don't know how you do it every third Saturday, every Saturday of the month. I'm the sole host. Can't nobody else come host. Mm-hmm. You know, protecting your interest in mm. you. And then have the set amount in there. You know, or any other additional terms that you want. That's the thing about contracts is 
put in there what you want. You have other things that you want to put in there. Like, um, I mean, I don't, I mean, he do be partying a lot. So, you know, you might be like, I want to, <laughs> I want to have a bottle <laughs> when I come. You yeah. can put that in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can do stuff like that. I definitely request those type of things. And like in your writer. I mean, I do. Yeah. But definitely when, when I travel, oh yeah, I have all that. Yeah. It's not even, because that's how you end up stuck at the airport and nothing can go and nothing is like, you know, I know when I travel out of town, of like deposits not made, ticket not booked. Uh, you cannot release any promotional material, see, that type of stuff. No, see, see, that's what you have your contract for. And, that's what I'm saying. And then when you when you have your contract, it also allows you to um, litigate because then you have, if you need to sue, you have your documentation, and that's what everything is all about: is protecting your your interest. And so if there's ever any um, issues that come up, you can go to court and sue for your damages. That's what that's what this is all about is protecting your interests. But you asked me earlier how I got into law. So um, honestly, I, I was in the fourth grade and decided that being an attorney was how I wanted to help people. And so everything I did from that point on was... To become an attorney. Everything? Yeah, I knew where I was going to college. I, I knew I was going to be an attorney, and I knew I was going to Howard University. And so... How you knew you was going to Howard? How'd you hear about Howard? Because you're from where? Um, I'm from Colleen, Texas. And that's what part of Texas? Central Texas. It's like 30 minutes north of Austin. So Austin is the probably the closest city to you? Yeah. How far is like Dallas and Houston? Uh, Houston is two and a half hours southeast, and then Dallas is two hours north. And Houston is like the farthest city away from you? Nah, well, you talking about just out of the two, or you talking about in Texas? Cause you, in Texas from like your nah, country? No, nah, you know, you can, it take a day to travel from across Texas. You know that, right? A day? Yeah, you can travel across Texas and it'd be like 18, 24 hours. You ain't Not know that? driving. Yeah. If you, especially like coming from like El Paso, because that's like West Texas. So going east to west or north to south takes 24 hours? Either or, I believe. I know it's a whole day of driving if you drive and cross Texas. It ain't, <laughs> yeah. I like to drive, but not that much. Yeah, I don't, I don't really do no driving. If it's more than about three, four hours on, one go, or I'm flying. Must be nice. So how did you... How, like, how did you know at four you want to go to Howard? No, I'm not four years old, baby. I mean, fourth grade. Yeah, fourth grade. So, so you're like eight, nine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like, I used to like read a lot. And I think I heard about the black school and was like, what's this? And mm. then kept reading. I used to be like at the library all the time, too. They had this big old like college book. And so I was like, oh, I want to go to this school. You know what I'm saying? And I just... Ended up being a really good school I picked. And I just kind of stuck with it. And I always have been like a straight A student. So it's always like made sure I kept my grades up. And that's how I went. You remember what you got on your SATs? Oh, uh, SATs. Um, what's the highest you can get on it? I think, six, I don't know. I want to say 1600, I think. Um... I can't remember. I feel like I feel like it may have been maybe around like thirteen hundred or something like that. I can't remember. That's very high. I I think so. 
That's crazy. So you always wanted to help people, but you was always like beating people up. I'm confused. I <laughs> I ain't never started a fight. Mm-hmm. I ain't never started no fight. I just wouldn't have a problem if you want to fight me. We can. <laughs> what's up? We 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 right now. We gonna meet up. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Clean Texas. What's it like out there? Uh, it's like. It's a, uh, it's like a small city. It ain't as, it ain't as like slow and country as a lot of people think. It's real. It's, it's, it's kind of a little wild because we got the air, the army base there, mm-hmm. and um, it's a lot of crazy people. It's a lot of so, the city itself caters a lot to um the military. So if you really ain't military, it's kind of like not really a um, it's kind of rough, you know what I'm saying? Because they base everything off the military salary, right? And so it's like you know, like coming up, it was like a lot of drugs and killing, and you know, what I'm saying like people. I was the locals or the military. Um, the the locals really like yes, like kids my age was shooting each other, getting shot, going to prison. Like a lot of hard drugs, like <laughs> you know, I people be my age tripping on somebody. They talking about, oh, you bringing out cocaine? Like people doing cocaine around me when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and these are black people. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never. I remember the first time I ever seen somebody do coke in front of me. I was well into my twenties. Nah, I was, I was a stripper. I, nah, I was probably first time I probably seen somebody doing powder was like. Um, I was probably at least driving. Like, yeah, probably like 16. So what were you thinking then? Like, what the hell? Or you was like not phased by it? No, nah, I was like, ain't none of my business. But you in the car. No, I wasn't in the car. You just saw and they was driving by? No. No, we was chilling. <laughs> yeah. And somebody just bust out a sack and it was like, oh, all right. But it didn't affect me because they kind of they used to be looking out for me like that. Like, man, I don't do that. Don't you offer her that? I ain't never had to like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't never had to say <laughs> no thank you. Yeah. So what was the experience like getting out of Colleen and going to like Howard? What was that like? Um, and did you do a visit before you went there? No, nope. I didn't do anything. I just always knew I wanted to go. I applied um, and got in, got a scholarship and packed up my car. Me and my mama drove to D.C. Uh, when I got there, it was it was a lot to take in. I you was crying every day. No, I wasn't crying. I wasn't crying. It just was. It, it was just a lot. It was because first of all, when once I got to to school, I went to the wrong. I went to the right dorm, but to the wrong hall. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I was raised the only child. And so I'm thinking that um, I'm gonna have to deal with getting one roommate, but I went to the wrong hall and went to a triple. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nah, I ain't moving. I, I, baby, I go back to Texas before I come up in here with two other women. Like, nah, I'm straight. So he was like, oh, well, move your stuff in and we'll try to move you. No, mm, I ain't doing it. But then they had another dorm that was off campus and they had singles. And so they was able to place me over there. So 
I had my own room and I shared it. We just uh like shared a bathroom. Yeah, shared a bathroom. Damn, so you like you had a college experience, but you ain't had that college experience. I had I had a grown college experience. I had the experience that you had when you independent and you But can you never did that. Business. You never never did that dorm room living. No, I, I never had uh never had to share a room um all my years in college. Yeah, must be nice. Nah, it it was it worked out. That's how it needed to be. Nah. I don't like people in my space like that. There you go. <laughs> so you just don't like to share. You grip not sharing. You ain't no like no. I mean, what you mean share? Like share what? Like I feel like share what? what share what? Like what? Why can't I live my life in peace? Like why? What I'm sharing. I mean, people love human companionship, and okay, all humans are searching for like. It's, that's your natural human instinct. You want to be accepted by others. You want to be a part of something. Yeah, and that's cool. But then I want to go home and I want to shut my door. Mm-hmm. Like, why you got to be right there every time? Like, I don't want to turn around and look at you. So you would have like sacrificed your future just for over a dorm room, like realistically? Yeah, I was. I was not finna move into no bed, no no room with What'd two. What your mama of, say? My mom was looking at me like, Lord, I girl, we gonna have to drive back. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> So you didn't know you was in a, a dorm like that already? Okay, so here's the thing is that I okay, I, I went to I was in uh I was supposed to be because it was the quad. I was supposed to be in Frasia Hall, I think, 304. And I went to Ball in 304. Mm-hmm. So that's where I messed up. So but it worked out though, because Frasier was raggedy, I heard. It's like it's it's like I would have got the whole freshman year experience, but I was in Meridian Hill. Was that, that's the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah, it was like upperclassmen. We had kitchens, you know what I'm saying? It was like Yeah, them freshman dorms didn't have kitchens. No, we had like so, you know what I'm saying? Like my I didn't have to adjust too much because I like to cook. And so I was able to go make my groceries and go cook. And so people used to be coming down the hall because they like, who is cooking? Like, what is this I'm smelling? I'm in there cooking up all my little country food. And they like, can I get, that was the only, that's the one thing I wish I had did was I should have sold plates. But I ain't sell plates because I was like, I ain't tripping, you know what I'm saying? You can get a plate, you hungry. So you just hooking up the whole dorm? Nah, nah, if I ain't, nah, like get up out of here. But if I fool with you like then you hungry. So I those dorms you. were like co-ed dorms or you was like, Yeah, oh. it's co-ed. So on your floor you had men and women? No, on my floor I had All well, women? Fresh, freshmen, uh, the freshman girls was on two and three and I was on the third floor, but then all the other ones was co-ed. So then um, my sophomore year, I was on a co-ed floor. A co-ed floor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, you know, you had to, <laughs> you had to be about your business because it was real distracting. You know what I'm saying? Like, have your little friend guy right upstairs. Mm-hmm. And ain't no... You know. Yeah. Did you enjoy that type of freedom or were you used to it? Was it none of you? No, nah, I was straight. Like, I ain't really... So you had your own dorm room, your own car, your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Well, you was big time. Not really. I ain't like D.C. Why? It was offensive to my Southern sensibilities. What does that mean? People were rude. Food was nasty. Music sucked. Nightlife you sucked. You don't like go-go music? I like, like, one song. Which one? Doing the hump? Sexy lady? 
Yeah, sexy lady. <laughs> DMV. So you went there for four years with that work? No, I graduated early because I had I want to go home. I, I I hated it. I love my school, but I hated uh DC. So I was taking like 18 hours a semester going to summer school every mm-hmm. summer. And grad I'm actually class of 2005, but I graduated December 2004. Mm. Dang, yeah. So you just left a, a year, that's a semester early, right? Mm-hmm. All that for a semester? Yeah, it will baby, it was worth it. Get me up out of here. And you went back to Colleen? No, I actually, um, I had a job. I got a job. Um, you know, they used to do heavy recruiting from Howard. So uh, before I graduated, I had um, a job offer with Lockheed Martin in Fort Worth. Lockheed Martin. That's um, like a big time. That's a big time like a law firm. No, no, no. It's like, a, um, I don't know what I'm called, like government defense like they what I worked on was the fighter jets for the government I'd worked in procurement I'm a business major so you was procurement I don't, I don't get it um procurement is uh like buying the parts okay. I was a buyer and so um yeah I used to help them build the jets that they use in war you need a degree to buy parts for a plane Mm-hmm. That's fucking retarded. <laughs> Baby, I was balling out of control fresh out of school too. You can like tell what? me that. Don't worry about how much money I was making. <laughs> like what's that? I don't know. I don't know. So like more than six figures? Oh no, I wasn't making six figures when I came out, but I was making like how much was I making back then? I was probably making I think I came out making like I think it was maybe like 70. And then by the I was only there a year, but because I wanted to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Did they know that? No, they didn't know that. So I was there just for, that was my plan was to go there, get myself prepared for law school. And that's what I did. So I would go and I would work like the first three, four hours, get everything done I had to do. And I was, you know what I'm saying? Like negotiating with the, the, um, the vendors and, um, like it was, I was real. I was real live, like handling business for real. And they would be tripping when I would, they would meet me. Cause I'm this young black girl coming over there. Like y'all ain't giving me my stuff when I need it. I'm coming over there to do a site visit. What's the hold up? And then I pull up and it's like, like 21, 20 year old me. Like oh, this girl, like low, little black girl. And I was in, um, my job was in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not Houston. It was in, yeah, it was in Fort Worth. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like super country up there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So they was really like little black girl. But um, yeah, so I would pretty much do all my work. And then rest of the day, I'll be like studying for the LSAT, applying for law school. How many, how many law schools did you apply to? Um, I applied to um, three law schools. I applied to, I knew uh, my pa- I, I knew I wanted to move to Houston. Like that was always like, I need to go to Houston. I need to go to school in Houston so I can build my network in Houston. And so I applied to South Texas Law University of Houston and TSU's um, law school. Um, third, uh, Texas Southern. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, pretty much, um, I got into all of them, but I wanted to do part-time cause I wanted to try to keep my job mm-hmm. because I'm like, Oh, I can go out there and buy a house and, you know, um, do it like that. But what ended up happening, uh, TSU didn't have part-time. And mm-hmm. so the schools that had the part-time, they put me on a wait list. 
And Thurgood Marshall was like, nah, come on. And so, no, matter of fact, um, they, um, was it? South Texas put me on the wait list. But U of H, I got accepted, but it was the um, the part-time. And I changed my mind, didn't want to do part-time. So that was the problem was once I changed my mind from wanting to be part-time to going full-time, that's when I got put on the wait list. Mm-hmm. And Texas Southern was like, you know, they ain't have it anyway, so I was already accepted. I'm like, I'm not going to wait to see if y'all going to let me in on the um, the full-time class since I changed my mind. And it ended up being one of the best decisions that I could have made. It it really worked out. Um, my school was very nurturing, um, very empowering, um, and gave me the um the the courage to step out on my own and throw up my own shingle, um, as opposed to focusing so much on going to work. But in white folks, like, nah, like you don't have to go to school all these years and then go work for somebody else. I'm humble enough to ask questions and um, get mentors. And so pretty Mm -hmm. much as soon as I got my bar license, I started accepting cases and opened my own law firm. Just under yourself. Yeah, Gatson Law Group, PLLC, baby. PA? PLLC, Professional Limited Liability Company. So that's, do I need one of those or PL? You need an LLC. I got one. You need an LLC. All right. So then you you need you need to trademark. Man, that's, you, said you need that's a just... trademark and you need to also be copywriting your your work. You know what I'm saying? You need to be getting these protected. What do you mean? This is mine. Yeah, it's yours, but you need to copyright it. So somebody can like, say we post this episode, somebody can take this and like do what with it? Somebody could like take snippets of it and monetize it. Okay. I see what you're saying. How much it costs to copyright some shit? It depends on, um, you know, what it is you are trying, you know, you're trying to just do one. Yeah. Because let's be honest, trademark, if I wanted to trademark and copyright my podcast and all that stuff on my name, we're talking like what? If I go through a lawyer, we're talking what? Seven to 10 grand? Which is a lot for a small business owner. No. It, well, it, it this is the thing is you need to, for me, advising, it's always best to, um, I, I always tell my clients to um, protect as much as you can. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to start off small, like you could probably, for your name, you could probably get that done with an attorney for about, maybe about 2500 You know what I'm saying? That's a lot. I mean, I'm just, you know what? I, let me tell you what I, a lot to me. I'm just thinking like, damn, if I had 2500 right now, what could I do to make like my show better? What could I, could I have better equipment? Could I have like, could I invest into like an editor? Cause it's like, am I even popping enough to even be like, let me trade like, Okay. Yeah, so, what but, I'm saying? But, but, like, okay. So here's what, what you are failing to realize is mm-hmm. you're thinking about putting all of that effort into um, your brand but you ain't protecting your brand. So think about the fact that you would do all of that work for somebody to come in and be like, now it's my name. And so that's, that's what the problem is, is you put in all this work and you don't consider the fact that somebody else can come in and snatch it from right up under you. Oh, uh, So what if, if someone has like a very common name, like Slim City Life? Like, it ain't no common name. It's not common? No. They, when have you ever heard that name besides? Yeah. But I'm fact, s- where my shirt at? No, first of Slim all. Slim City. I'm just saying, I got you. We can get you a Slim City shirt exclusive. I got a, I got a uh, monetize and I got a uh, 
copyright it. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to let you. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, nah, but if it's like that, like, what if the name is not, I can't copy or I can't trademark the name because of, say, it's too many common words or... Remember we were talking about the other day, you were saying like sometimes the words would be too common. But it also is about um, the class that you're, you know, trademarking it under as well. So sometimes like um, I don't really think that you would have a problem because of um, the class is going to be, you know, um, under entertainment um, and you're probably not going to have anybody who's going to be competing mm-hmm. with um, that name and that class together. Now, you might not be able to, you might have to um, make it very clear that you are not trying to have exclusive use of, you know, like City and Live, but it's going to be together. Together, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then also, I feel like I seen something with a logo. So that's another thing is sometimes that's why, I, that's how it gets expensive because the those are two separate trademarks, your logo and your name. So you can do your name or you can do the name and the logo together, but that's going to always have to be together. So mm-hmm. for you, I would probably say you would need to do both like you would have to do your name and together yeah logo. no i feel like you would need to do your logo and then i feel like you would need to do your name too but i feel like I, i'm not gonna have this logo forever i feel like eventually and i love my logo like i love my logo to death man shout out to pixel pox design like i am that logo took over a year to get and i saw it and i like i fell in love with it like i wanted to get this tatted on me so let me ask you this. Do you own it or is it a license? I don't know. See what I'm saying? So even right now, if you wanted to, if you don't have documentation that says that you have the exclusive use or you own it, mm-hmm. he can come right now and be like, you can't use that no more. Even though I paid him to create it for me. You paid him to create it. Yeah. But you didn't make sure that you owned it. And that's where a lot of people mess up with their their logo and their branding is they get, you know, um, these creatives to help them um, with their branding. But then they fail to make sure that it becomes theirs. And so then, you know, come down the line one day, you blow up and they like, hey, you can't use that no more. I'm revoking your license to use my art unless you give me ten thousand dollars right now. You got to give them that money. You got to get, you know, get some new branding. It's probably like it's cheaper to get the branding. It's, yeah. But think about all, like you said, think about all the stuff. Like, what if you had merch? And I feel like that's how a lot of people be getting money got these days. Merch. Oh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The shirts, the hats. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, mm. that's... But, you know, that's what I'm saying when you're thinking about, like, when you say, um, if I had $2,500, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But you got to make sure that you're doing everything mm. in a way that is not wasteful. I probably just have to see, like, I probably, like, realistically, God, hopefully this day comes. Like, if I was getting, like, say, for example, I'm doing this and the numbers start getting up there. And I get like, a, somebody want to like do an ad? I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go take that loan out or figure it out and get that done immediately. I work with Because you. the trademark, so you said the trademark takes about a year? Yeah, but as long as it, uh, well, okay. So 
those uh those timelines have have changed because of you know with covid mm-hmm. so that that affected it um since a lot of things have changed because of covid but um at least having it filed you know what i'm saying like that helps like you can you can still you know use it and you know you're going to have to you know that's going to be helpful for your application um but yeah it's the from the beginning to the end just because the examining attorneys are very backed up like I have a one pending right now that's actually suspended because um, there um, is it was kind of um, similar to another um, an, another one, another uh, application. Uh, Mark, well, Mark that's, has an application right now, but um, they're trying to see what they're going to do with that before they, you know, get to my client. But there's enough of a difference, I believe. Mm-hmm. for when it's our time in line to, you know, kind of come with our argument. I feel like it's going to be okay. But um, yeah, it, it it's taking some time. Things are backed up with the examining attorneys, but um, yeah, I, I'd help you with that though. You know what I'm saying? I show you some love. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I would, uh, I would, we can negotiate some things, give you a little discount. You got to, you, you'd have to, you know, maybe, Put uh, give me an ad. I, I want to. I know. Matter of fact, now nah, I want you to record me a commercial. I could do that. Easy. <laughs> I, I want you to record me a commercial and put it on your show. That's. <laughs> I can do that literally. If you tell me like your key points, that's so crazy. Because when people like, it's so funny. Like when I'm like really locked in, and people like send me ads. And I can just, I say, yo, man, did you send me the fly or give me your key? Give me the things that you want in it. Like, I need trademark. I need this word. I need that word. I can, like, off the top. We might be able to, you know, do some barring. I ain't tripping. No, I could definitely put, add you to, like, every episode. I could do, like, a little 30-second dry read. Or you can write the script and I can read it. Or we can, like, I could produce something. But I want my ad to be fly. No, sometimes the dry reads be, be, be funky. You know, I I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing plain. I want something. You know, I'm. No, you don't want. See, see, you don't want like when you're when you're giving information. You don't want the the stuff in the background to to confuse or distract people from what you're really trying to get across. No, I I've been listening to these uh these ads for these attorneys for these personal injuries. Some of them commercials be jamming. Oh, you talking about the one on the radio? Yeah, yeah. I want some. I want something like that. She want an album. I do. I want something. You want like a, a, a mixtape? I want a mix. Yeah, that's what I want because that's the, who my clients gonna be. You know what I'm saying? I want some people who like that's what's going on. Yeah, call her. No, I want the I want the nerd. I want the one that look mm-hmm. like he don't get out the house. I want the uh-uh. one that don't leave. Uh uh-uh. uh. I want the one with OCD. Nah, no, no. I want I want to catch your attention. Cause ain't nobody who else got a trademark ad out there. Who else, you know, what I'm saying, got an ad out there that's marketing the entrepreneur. Well, we gotta figure out. Businesses. No, but we have to. We have to figure a way out. To we have to figure a way to let people know why it's so important to trademark. Like you gotta have like a story to tell. Like if you can tell a story in thirty a minute, I feel like you can get it. That'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah. I so mean, you would have to have easy. something. No, like a true story. Like, oh, you know how you know how the infomercials be? Yeah. It's easy. People, you know, people go through that every day, right? People get their ideas like stole every day. You don't know that? Like <laughs> people, people look up and it's like, oh, like, oh, you started this business with help me. Like you ran with it. You ain't that's not oh. 
Y'all better be careful, all y'all that getting them threads, putting them business ideas together. Yeah. What threads? What, what are they doing on threads? So, uh, you know, um, what's that on threads on IG, mm-hmm. right? I think it's what it, I ain't doing it. Like, first of all, I ain't fooling with it because it's too much of a blood contract for me. What's this 360 deal folks out there signing? <laughs> what, what contract are you signing on there? I don't even know. I feel like it should be activated. So, okay. So first of all, if you want to delete your threads, you have to delete your whole IG. Like, so you, it's like you got to sacrifice your IG. Like what, what you, for what? And then the things that people are going to be sharing on threads, people are going to be on there discussing ideas. People are going to be on there discussing business ideas, all type of things. And Instagram is like, we if, if we like it, we taking it. It's mine. We can do it. You can't stop us from using this information. So, like... You would have to, like, trademark, have it, all that's before Instagram. You would need to, yeah. And people ain't doing nah, that. No, nah, they not. Exactly. So, nah, I'm not fooling with it. I'm I'm straight on it. So, you be reading the time. How did you know that? Did you read that somewhere or did you look it up yourself? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it started coming. When I seen, when I seen that they said that if you delete it, you have to delete your whole IG. That made me a little curious. Like, that's crazy. Like, what's this? Where did you see that? It's, baby, it's in the the terms and conditions. Ain't nobody reading that. Right. And that's what's wrong with folks now. Up there, and then you get shocked because now your whole idea to spend all your time building up. You know, people got brands, people doing all these, what the ads, the all these brand ambassadors, mm-hmm. and then you just decide you want to get rid of threads. Now your IG gone. Is it worth it? It ain't worth it, Miss Seeley. Don't do it. That's I ain't crazy. doing it. I don't want one. So, what's, tell me about like some crazy cases you got going on. <laughs> Right, your time because I know you. What, what type of uh, law were you doing when you were living in uh, Houston? Yeah. So um, I have made a transition um, into basically transactional law, which is the areas that I mentioned earlier. Prior, I was um, I started doing criminal law when I was in law school because we had a, a clinic, and so that's how I realized that um, like. I can go to court and get this money. I don't need to go work for no law firm because I started having criminal cases when I was still in law school because I was a student attorney. Matter of fact, my bar number is the same bar number I had when I was a student. So I thought that was always dope. But um, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, yeah. stop. You're telling me you could be a, a law student and take on cases? Yeah, I. but it was a... Um, you know, I was a student attorney, so I had a supervising attorney. Uh-huh. Um, Thurgood Marshall School of Law has a criminal clinic. Um, and this had another clinic, too. I can't remember what the other clinic is because I wasn't in it. But, um, yeah, so they would come in, you know, people who couldn't afford attorneys, they would be able to come to our uh, clinic and we would work on their case and we would have an attorney, a supervising attorney, our professor would be, you know, supervising us. So we would, that would be class. Like we would have to go to court. We would be filing motions, going to trial. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know what I'm saying? And you're not a real lawyer, but you're in there arguing points. What you mean I'm not a real lawyer? I'm a student attorney. 
Yeah, but that ain't like an attorney attorney. But I have a real attorney with us. Okay, so what is the It's love? practical experience. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the problem. If you if you talk to if you talk to some attorneys, they'll tell you they be having like they're they're scared because they teach us how to to read the case law, apply the law, but they don't teach you how to practice. And so a lot of people, that's why they get out and they be nervous and have to go work for somebody else because they need somebody to teach them how to practice. So I did that when I was in law school. Mm. So by the time I came out, it was like, I know how to, I know how to go to criminal court. I know how to file a motion. I know how to argue a motion. I know how to pick a jury. I know how to go through a whole trial. You know what I'm saying? So. So what, all right. So you're a student attorney. Like what was, what was like some of the craziest? Like, it wasn't too crazy. You know, we they, don't, going, they don't take on certain type of cases. No, we was doing misdemeanors. You know what I'm saying? So uh, like, so yeah, no we, ain't, we ain't doing, we ain't doing murder trials, uh, but I had, I worked with, because, you know, like I said, I was real, um, you know, I was real comfortable asking for help. And so I would, I think within my first year, um, I was it my first year. Um, I was I was doing um, I was second chair in murder trials. In your second year of law school? No, no, not law school. Like once I started practicing, I was getting with other attorneys and was second chair. So they was the lead attorney, and I was the the other attorney. And so I was. It really is. It's uh. The the procedure doesn't change. The crime may be uh, a lot more um, serious, but the criminal procedure is still the same. The motion still the same. Um, you know, picking the jury still the same, but it's just the... A lot more on the line. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Nigga life. Yeah. <laughs> Are there, is there certain cases you just won't take? Like, I'm not taking Yeah, um, I refuse to take... Um, like elderly abuse cases. Uh, if if you are accused of beating up, hurting somebody, oh, like, no, nah, I'm not taking your case. Um, I am on, um, I had a, a, I thought maybe that I, I didn't want to do um, sexual assault, sexual assault of children cases. Mm -hmm. But then I actually assisted another attorney on the case and realized that uh, a child had been manipulated into lying. Yeah, all the time. So that changed my mind on that. Um, and so uh, that kind of, I was like, it's a, um, it's kind of a, for me, a case by case basis, but another, another, um, another, um, charge that I'm real hesitant to take is assault charges with men against women because I had a case one time where um, the dude <laughs> you ain't gonna have a lot of respect for me as a woman mm -hmm. to you know what I'm saying for me to really be able to represent you um, I feel like because that's what kind of happened with me and my client so I ended up, it ended up being a crazy situation because, um, he, uh, he didn't want to pay me. And, uh, the judge actually almost tried to make me stay on the case, but the Lord worked it out. So I was able to get off. <laughs> Wait, so he hired you. He hired me. Um, and you know, a lot of times they'll have, uh, you know, you can kind of get off, um, the problem with these type of cases is you have um, a lot of, you know, the victims will try to recant their statements, but the state will pick it up. Once you already, once they get the evidence they need from you, they don't need you to come testify. You know what I'm saying? They can use your, um, 
the Oh, like, the so statement. say for I had a girl and I hit my girl and my girl changed her mind. Yeah. She want to drop the charges, but then the state's like, nah. They like, nah, we taking, we don't even need you no more. Mm. And so um, that was pretty much So what, technically, really, it's smarter for her to keep pressing charges so that she can kind of fuck up the case and get it get thrown out. And, but then you position yourself to have to explain what's the difference between your testimony. Why is your testimony different from the day that you did your report and we interviewed you to now you on trial, you on the stand, like what's the difference? And you know what I'm saying? What's the jury going to think? Like you scared? What happened? You know what I'm saying? Like you've been threatened or you just don't want to go through this process anymore because y'all reconciled. And so pretty much what happened was, um, he owed me some money and I'm like, baby, you ain't paying me. Then I'm getting off because it's my business. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. emotionally attached to your case. And um, the judge was like, <laughs> the judge told me, well, you need, he was like, he was going to represent himself. And so the judge told me, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you, uh, you a new, you a baby attorney anyway, you need to practice. You can help him with his objections. And so basically he was like, he was going to force me to work for free on the case, mm. but he sent him, um, to go, uh, do some, um, what is it? Uh, he, he sent him to go, um, do some, um, pretty much some, uh, pre-trial testing mm-hmm. and, um, Somehow he got lost. I don't know, but he he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And so he kind of was like, ah, something ain't right. And so he was like, go ahead and give me your motion. And I slid it on that bench so fast and then got on down and don't know what happened to that man case. Matter of fact, now he ended up calling me. He ended up calling me later and was like, oh, uh, yeah, so I think they... Um, Bond ended up getting revoked because then they couldn't find him. They didn't know where he, you know, where he went. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, we're, um, you think you can help me? Absolutely not. Like, I wish I would get back on your case, baby. Good luck. <laughs> Hope it works out. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So when you were in law school, did you do any stuff with the Innocence Project? Um, no, but they did. They did have students who worked on um, Innocence Project. They did. That was something else my law school did. Yeah, I I heard, I've heard. I mean, I listened to this uh, podcast called Wrongful Conviction. I sent you one of the episodes. I was actually had some questions about like mm-hmm. some lawyer stuff, but I know they had like one like one big case in Texas. Mm-hmm. That shit is crazy, and I know like a lot of that innocent projects is like a lot of schools, and they like they take on a case as a class as a law school. Mm-hmm. And they really like dig into it and, and and it's just it's just so scary. Yeah. It's like the shit that people like, what do you think that is? Like just when you see the amount of people that are just really in jail for like people is it just really people not doing their jobs or the police? Like what do you think where do you think that was the biggest breakdown in the legal system? Um the racial bias. Racial bias. Mm-hmm. I think that's the um I mean it's from my perspective, because I mean, I'm honestly, that's kind of what, um, when I think about what I want, why I'm, you know, in this profession and what I want to do is because anything that I'm doing, I want to help people who look like me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, going through the, um, the system, I see the disparities. I see how people who look like me get more time. They get more, um, they get stricter, um, you know, pre-trial conditions, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
So when you think about where the, the legal process starts, first you arrested. So first you're dealing with law enforcement and, you know, it's, I mean, the racial bias you got to deal with on that level, everybody know about. Then you get into the, the courtroom and um, now you're dealing with the prosecutors. And I've actually had convers- <laughs> one of the cases that um I had that still pisses me off is um, I had a young man in college um, who uh, was um, charged with felony weight marijuana. Um, He had a red solo cup with dirt in it and was growing some weed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I mean, it was literally like a little, little plant, like it wasn't nothing. And then he had like enough weed or maybe like a, like a little blunt. And um, they weighed the solo cup with the dirt. And so, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, the prosecutor was a black man. And, um, you know, I went through the offering support. I mean, it was very clear. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't, you know, this ain't no speculation. This is what's in the report. Like, it's obviously like this is this is not felony weight marijuana. And so he's like, mind you, he a college student. So. I'm like, uh, you want to, um, like, so you, you know, what are we going to do about this? Because this isn't, you're, you're not going to be able to, to prove this is felony weight. And, um, he's like, well, um, you know, based on what, uh, we, what, you know, what the officer seen and, you know, this guy, regardless, you know, what, whatever, wherever he was at, you know, he's, you know, he's trying to grow marijuana. What was he going to do when he's growing it? And, you know, what I'm willing to do is, um, it was um, basically it's a way for you to take a plea and you accept the felony plea, but then you get misdemeanor time. And I'm like, so you want to this young black college student, you want to put a felony on his record um, and you think that's cool. And so um, he was like, I mean, um, or we could just go ahead and take it to trial. And I'm all like, I'm always ready to go to trial. Like I'm, I don't even take, I'm not even taking criminal cases unless you ready to let me prepare for trial. And so um, in my mind at this point, I'm pissed off, irritated. Like, yeah, we, we going to see, cause I'm not letting my client, I'm not going to tell my client he needs to take misdemeanor time um, and still get a felony charge. Like mm, that, that ain't no say, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I ended up um, actually going and speaking to the chief prosecutor and you, I don't really, I don't really do that. I'm trying to step on nobody's toes, but I was yeah. pissed about that. And so um, I went to talk to the prosecutor, the chief prosecutor was white. And I explained to him what it was. And he was like, I hate when they do that. He was like, I hate when law enforcement, they know that it's not um, felony weight and they still charge it as a felony. And so then we got to go through all of this. So basically he dismissed it. And so um, he was like, um, I'm going to go back through and look through everything and confirm it. He said, but if everything is like you said it was, you know, by the time we go ahead and reset it by the next court date, it's probably going to be dismissed anyway. So we was able to get, I was able to get it dismissed for the young man, but I never forgot that prosecutor because that black prosecutor later became a defense attorney and tried to be cool. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> I remember you. You a sucker. So, so what is it? What is it like when for you? Like you come in here, you want to get into this about helping your people that look like you, but then you seeing you're fighting with people that look like you to help people that look like you. 
you know, what they say, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Some people, you know what I'm saying, are more concerned about uh, numbers n- numbers, or, you know, looking good for white folks. I was never one of them people. Um, I was always, you know, um, right is right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's not it's not always about um, getting people who have done wrong um, off is also about making sure that people's process is fair, making sure that situations like that, where you have a college student who, who knows what type of future he has, you know, ahead of him, you know what I'm saying? Um, and now he's going to have to move forward with possibly a felony because maybe he had an attorney who didn't care or was like, just trying to wrap up this case, bleed and plead him. That's what they call him. People who just want to take your money and, you know, get you up out their face. But, um, you know. Yeah, when I got locked up, I ain't gonna lie. I want to go to the court. Yeah. I, know, I knew them. I knew, I knew they fucked up. I know nothing, but I know when somebody, you can know when somebody fuck up. I knew they had like fucked up majorly. And I was like, bruh, this is ridiculous. First of all, <laughs> I was so lame back then. <laughs> I was so oblivious, but I just like. This cannot be, this doesn't even feel like procedure. Mm. And I feel like, you know, when you're like uneducated, they, they assume that you know nothing, that you just, and I said, I said, look, I said, guys, I'm, I'm not what you, clearly you can see me. I'm not what the environment around here is. I'm mm-hmm. obviously, and I remember the guy, the, the black guy was in, um, uh, the black guy was um, the guy that was head of the narcotics division. I was the friend was like, look, said I'm black and I'm educated and I got money, man. Mm-hmm. See y'all in court. Mm-hmm. You got, y'all, y'all know what y'all did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Y'all ruining my weekend. Because I, like you said, I, like, you know, once they lock you, like you're not leaving. Like, mm-hmm. like you're not. Right. <laughs> so it's like, there's no benefit. Like there's nothing you can say to them. No. And I, a lot of people get that messed up. A lot of people feel like uh, they could talk their way out of the ride. No, nah, all you all you're doing is giving them more information that they can put in the paperwork to use against you. A lot of um, that was something that I was like, uh, you know, I was real big into like, you know, like legal research and, and writing. And, and so I was. Um, I was like real cold with getting, well, no, nah, I am. I'm, I, it ain't no wood. Well, I say that now just cause I have stopped really taking criminal cases, but like I was getting, I get your case dismissed pre-trial off of, um, you know, um, procedural issues with the laws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? They do an illegal search. They do an illegal stop. Um, and I'm getting your case thrown out, even if you did have something on you. It's like, it's called, you know, fruit of the poisonous tree. You don't get to do wrong to catch me doing wrong. You got to move right to catch me doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And if they don't move right to catch you doing wrong and I find out about it, we getting that case thrown out. Mm-hmm. And I did that pretty often. That was, that was kind of like, that Good was, thing. that was my thing was people used to think like, People used to think that my clients were snitching because they'd be like, how you get caught with that much weight and you out? Like, who you tell them? I'm like, well, we gonna, everybody let's wait around and see who get locked up next in if they think you snitching. Like, nah, how about your lawyer was just that cold? And that's what I used to do, wear them out. And they didn't used to see me coming. Like, again, I'd be like, you know, nice to, you know, practice all over Texas. So 
I'll be going these little country towns and I show up looking extra black <laughs> by myself and will be wearing them folks out. Mm. So what are you, I mean, as you're advising, like, you know, we live in a future where everybody has a platform and, you know, what, what are you telling people like when they get pulled over? I see a lot of these videos like, oh, you get pulled over. You're supposed to do this. All right. Well, this one, I'm this, this, let me say what I and it's, do. And it's hard for me because I have, I have people that I love dearly mm-hmm. that are police officers. And I truly believe like they are here to do like the, the, the right thing. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that there ain't laws out there that are out here, you know what I'm saying, moving how they should move. But it's something about that power and knowing that people naturally seem to be afraid that they I feel like they exploit that. Me personally, because I know the law and I know... You know what I'm saying? I also have, you know, have done civil rights cases, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Federal cases, uh, suing police departments and cities. Like, I'm thinking about my damages. So I know what I don't have to tell you. I know what I don't have to talk to you about. And if you do it wrong, baby, I'm keeping tabs because <laughs> if I'm, baby, I have time to sue you. I do my own <laughs> complaint. But um, yeah, you get pulled over. Stop answering all those extra questions. They start building the case against you immediately. The only thing you need to do is identify yourself, provide your license, your insurance, registration, all of that. You don't need to be telling them where you going, where you come from. You know, like that's that's information. And when they start, when I'm reading the offense reports, one of the things that used to say was um, coming from a, a, a high drug traffic area. So now you coming from a high drug traffic area. Now they're, oh, even if it's, they might be lying, but they could put that in the report and that's, you know, oh, well, that could be probable cause, reasonable suspicion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now they trying to search a car and a lot of people always with that, um, oh, for some reason they feel like they can't say no, like, oh, they going to bring the dogs. So what? Let them bring that dog out there. Don't be, oh, I got stuff to do and I'm going to let them search your car. I don't trust no laws. I feel like you're going to put something in my car. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if I tell you, oh, look, can I search your vehicle? No, you may not. You know what I'm saying? Like, quit. If if they're asking you to search your vehicle, that means they don't have probable cause to search your vehicle. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that like I used to hate seeing that in offense reports was my clients would be like, I allowed them to search. Why? Like, why would you allow them to search your vehicle? Um, but, you know, even then there'll be issues because uh, if they're searching your vehicle, sometimes, for example, if they if you get pulled over for rolling through a stop sign, they shouldn't be searching your vehicle because they're not going to find evidence of that crime in there. You see what I'm saying? Okay, and so yeah, that yeah, would be, you know, that was one of the, you know, like sometimes that would be a, is something that I would be able to, um, you know, to use to, to get cases thrown out. So motion to suppress once, if they find something, once I suppress that evidence, you ain't got no case. You got to charge a, you know, possession of marijuana, but you can't use marijuana because it's thrown out. Because the way they went about discovering the marijuana was illegal. Exactly. Or even if they go get, they ask for the dog, they can't have you out there for an unreasonable amount of time. Like you can't, they can't have you sitting out there for no hour waiting on no dog. And they had no reason to bring the dog other than 
you saying you can't search my vehicle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think people are just really scared to agitate the police because they don't want to like, and they people just want to get home. Right. And I understand that. However, what I can say is um, that don't always work. They ain't always effective. Just going along with whatever they got Mm-mm. going on. No, because if they, I mean, they're in a position to harass you already. You know what I'm saying? Like how many people do you know who have had to deal with the, you know, abusive tactics of a law and they didn't, they were trying to work with them anyway. You know what I'm saying? Still getting pulled out your car. They still searching your car, going through your trunk, doing all of these things. But, and then and you told them they could, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well. I ain't got nothing. You don't know. And I, like I said, I don't trust no law. So I feel like you might plant something in my car. Yeah. You know, so everything is, I prefer not to answer. I prefer not to answer that. I would prefer to answer that in the presence of an attorney. Am I under arrest? Am I detained? If you're under, you know, and that also is, you know, um, that changes the game too when you are uh, being detained and you're under arrest. If you are not free to leave, that means you're under arrest. And even at that point, those that can be problematic because what are you under arrest for? What are you being detained for? You know what I'm saying? Are you being detained because you rolled through a stop sign? You know what I'm saying? Did you know you came from a they you told them where you coming from? You coming might be coming from your granny house. But because she stayed, you know, in an older neighborhood, you know, that is has a reputation. Yeah, has a rep, yeah, has a reputation. Now you're in a high truck driving. Yeah. Thing. So now they, you know what I'm saying? Now they want to search your car to see if they can find crack. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> No, you ain't searching my car. Now they over here, you know, every, the, the office reports are crazy. Like it's, as soon as they pull you over, they're doing everything they can to try to get an arrest. You know what I'm saying? And so. Do you think those type of numbers like arrest numbers and do you think that affects like them doing the right thing or. Um. I'm assuming if you're not writing tickets as a police officer, and I don't know this because obviously I'm not a police officer. And I would, I've tried, I've tried to get cops on this show, but you know, they got to go through, they can't just pull up and talk. But people that are listening, they just can't pull up to my podcast and talk. But do you think those type of things affect them doing their job like with some morality in it? I absolutely do. And that's another thing. You got to think about that. Think about the fact that this is a, a a profession that is supposed to be about protecting and serving its citizens. But you can't sit down with one of your citizens. You're supposed to be protecting and serving and having a conversation about it. That is, that's crazy to me. What are you trying to protect? You know what I'm saying? Like, why isn't one of your priorities to, uh, to, to be um, perceived as somebody who is, you know, wanting to do the right thing. At the end of the day, people out there do things. They need to be off the street. They need to be arrested. You know what I'm saying? I ain't mad at, you know, being a, a, a process, you know, some people being a prosecutor or, you know, it, um, I, I can't say that much about being law because uh, I can't imagine nobody. Like, why would you want to do that? But no, I think I have some, some sometimes you it's you know what I'm saying there are people, you know what I'm saying, that need to be arrested. There are people who need to go to jail. Like that that just is what it is. But 
what we talking about is people being able to uh, trust that they're doing the right thing and moving accordingly with the right and the wrong people. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that you can't come in here and sit down and have a conversation and give reassurance that you one of the good ones, that's crazy to me. And that's why it goes back to that, like what they call it. Um, um, that, uh, that, that, uh, that blue wall, like they like a gang, like you, they are, they, they like a gang. I'm, I, I have very strong, um, prejudice against laws because of what I've seen. I've, I've seen, I've, I've had to deal with, um, I've even, you know, laws have tried to intimidate me because I'm a defense attorney. Like what? Like, sir, first of all, I'm about to go. And oh, and then I had actually people tell me like, cause I, baby, I'll go file a complaint on the law in a minute. Ain't like, oh, you a snitch. How is the snitch? Like, how is that something we applying to crooked, like a crooked law? So yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. So no snitching. They don't, they don't, they don't want, they don't like the no snitching culture when it works for them. But when it's time for me to go tell on somebody who don't need to be on the force, all of a sudden that's snitching. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, he need to be fired. He need to be stripped of all of his. Yeah, but a lot of those cops, they are easy. They can get rehired like somewhere else immediately. That's even when they are fired and they're relocated. Just this is based on what I heard on this the podcast that I listen to. Mm-hmm. They go one county over. Yeah, they and, do, and they and they back on. But here's the thing. But here, here's the thing about it. During my time as a, as a defense attorney, uh, one of the things that I would do um, in my um, like my preparation was um, I would pull their files. You know what I'm saying? How many and, complaints they got? Um, yep. Um, all of their, um, you know, any of their, um, the complaints they have, seeing what's going on with their cases and stuff. And if I brought that stuff to a prosecutor, they wouldn't want to move forward with the case because they at the end of the day, prosecutors yeah. want to win cases and they know they can't put no law like that on the stand. So I used to get a lot of cases um, uh, dismissed because the um, the law wasn't reliable. Like, you want to put this man in front of the jury? Like, okay, you put him in front of the jury if you want to, I'm going to tear him up. They're like, oh, well, let me do some research and follow back and get an email. Like, we're going to go ahead and dismiss this case. Yeah, I know. So, you know, like people a lot of times take their encounters with laws on the chin and let it go. But nah, you need to go and put this, put that incident in his file, put it in his paperwork. Because mm-hmm. you never know who it can help down the line. True, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't, I'm just thinking, I mean, I had some weird moments. So it was like, huh? Mm. But I'm wondering if we need to like create like a little pamphlet, uh, a, a double-sided, uh, what's it called? A, a note card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, like what is the standard procedures mm-hmm. when you get pulled over? Right. Mm-hmm. And sell them. Yeah. I mean, I actually had an idea for an app. I ain't going to put it on this podcast. You know what I'm saying? So somebody out there creates apps, you know, holler at me. Maybe we can work together on some. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's I have done a lot of know your rights seminars when it comes to your encounters with laws. But it doesn't matter if you don't have the courage to execute when you're in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, like I say, just get nervous. They're scared to go to jail. Hell yeah. But listen, you know how much money you might be able to get from going to jail? If they wrong, that illegal arrest can get you paid. Get you some damages. Listen, you, listen, you rolling your eyes, but I'm just saying, though. No. I'm not rolling my, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, but nah, we ain't talking about prison. You yeah. know, somebody gonna bond you out. 
You know what I'm saying? Is the, yeah. char- is the charge going to stick? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? But what's the next step? Okay, so now you got the... You, yeah, you but done- you got to find a right attorney that's willing to do that. With the right facts, you ain't going to have a difficult time. Finding mm-hmm. the, you know what I'm saying? That's why I... That's, that's how I ended up getting into, you know, the the civil uh, the civil rights lawsuits mm-hmm. was because I was seeing that those situations happen. Like, man... <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's it's unfortunate some of the things that um I seen um going on with my clients um and things that I seen happen with people and their families and people ending up in the hospital, people getting shot up, people like all because the laws ain't moving how they should procedurally, like uh uh-uh. like I had um, you know what I'm saying, a client that was um shot in his mama house. What? Shot in his mama house. Um a warrant was executed. Um they didn't find nothing. They wasn't even they they was looking for somebody else. They was looking for um a brother. And um basically imagine being at your mama house, your elderly mama house, your elderly parents house and the laws is looking for your brother and come over there looking for him and basically come in and shoot up the spot and they find nothing. And then the person they looking for ain't even there. And then they had a nerve to try to put charges on you while you laying in the hospital fighting for your life. Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't like, what, what, what was you, you, you didn't do no research to know you was coming to some old folks house. Like we talking about some 70, 80 year old people at the time. Yeah. So nah, uh uh-uh, like And you ran that case from start to finish? Or was it like Um a- no, the um the criminal case I didn't work on. I assisted with the um the civil rights case. What was the settlement? You know what I'm saying? No, you know, I, I outside of it being a little tacky, you know, it might be a little unethical for me to go that far. Over a million? Into that information. Yeah, I mean, if I get shot by the police, I'm, I I gotta get more than a million. <laughs> You get a percentage of how much? What's your percentage of that? Um, if I file the lawsuit, well, up until um, up through filing, um, it's thirty three. You know what I'm saying? Because you do thirty three and a third. Um, you know what I'm saying before then, because you can do some negotiating and all of that. But once I file that lawsuit, forty percent. So that, that I mean, oh, you done came up. <laughs> I thought you bought your Cadillac. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just wait for people <laughs> to get beat up by. No, I'm not. I hope don't nobody <laughs> have to deal with that. That's a horrible experience. It's yeah. horrible, but you know what I'm saying. I gotta get paid. No, you're right. You're right. I'm doing the work. It's just a fine line there. It's like a. Not say a gray area, but it's like no, nah, ain't no, ain't no. It's black and white, literally. It's black and white. They they doing us like this, you know. what I'm saying when the white folks, when it happens to the white folks, that's when they you ever they can't believe it. Like you ever seen a white person like after they had an encounter with the laws and they like I can't believe this is really like they're disappointed, they're hurt. They're like, they can't believe that they had to deal with this. Black people, it's kind of like we expect it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I I think think when white people see it. They think it's a reason. They feel like, well, you did something. But they're getting a whole different experience than we are when they get pulled over. 
Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so, you know, we don't have the we don't we don't we don't get the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we are the main ones who need to be like prepared and ready to Mm -hmm. handle these things the way that they need to be handled to clean some things up. All right. So let me let me ask you another question. What do you think about like when you see like these students beating up these teachers on campus and like the teachers are not able to, if they defend themselves, they get fired. I mean, well, who are you asking? Are you asking attorney? Are you asking? I'm asking attorney. Like, how do you, what do you, how do you feel? Like, how are you protecting our teachers? Cause it's already an underpaid job. <laughs> like it's, they're dealing with a lot, lack of, lack of resources, lack of this, that overcrowded classrooms. And we're talking about, we're going to give like the worst case scenario, of course, but you know, like this is it's, being a teacher is a very selfless job. I mean, I from a legal point of view, from a legal point of view, I mean, um, you can defend yourself. I'm, I, I would never, never think that a teacher like regardless would would have to take abuse like are you initiating it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's different, but a student coming and putting their hands on you, like they grown and like somebody put their hands on you. They want to fight. Yeah. They be, kids be big as fuck now. It's not even like, it's like, a, a, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, we're talking about like six foot two, like a, I'm six, three, six, four, two fifty. I'm not about to be, if a some, if a someone my size is in height, Bro, I have to do. I can't fight. I can't look at you. I can't defend you. I can't look at you like like you're a child. At that point in time, hey man, we equals. Right. Because you can. But see, now here here go crazy though. But when we look at police like that, but police look at us like that. They're not looking at no. Yo, I'm not about to go hand in hand with this six foot ass big ass nigga. I'm not yo. But what? But so it's like. No, see, but that's the thing is. Again, when it when it comes, okay, so and that's that's the difference is with a teacher, y'all are in the school setting, so we know why y'all are interacting. Mm-hmm. For a person to have an interaction with a law, the law has to be a has to come to you. Mm-hmm. So, what are you over here doing to talk? I don't even talk to police. Police tell me how you doing. I'm like, am I under arrest? Like, I don't don't speak to me. I don't want it. What you questioning me? You interrogate me? They be looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm serious. Like, no, I don't want to speak to you. <laughs> I don't like it. So you wouldn't date a cop? I absolutely, positively would not. And I don't. I dated one one time. And you know what happened? This man told me, I don't know if you ever paid attention, but on some apartments on the gates, they have a 911 box, that little red box, 911. That man told me uh, if he ever needed to get to me, that 911 box, they got a key and he could get to me if he needed to. Baby, that man never heard from me again. What? What you mean? He basically told me, baby, I could pull up on you no matter where you stay. And he knew where I stayed at the time. Wait, what you mean a 911 box? It's a 911. If you, next time you go to an apartment or anywhere with a little gate, look and see if you see a little red 911 box. Uh Uh-huh. It's like an emergency box. And they have like a key to get in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, think about it. If it's an emergency, you know, the, the, you know, EMTs and all that, they're going to be waiting for somebody to buzz them in. Yeah. And so that's what he told me. 
me. I don't. Can that key get in? It's like a master key. Yeah, it's basically to get in. So and get in any door in an apartment complex. Nah, so uh-uh. I don't. I don't fool. And then on top of that, uh, they're um, they're they're very um, they they can be very aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Because they're what what can you do to them? You know what I'm saying? Like that's what they attitude be to me. Is like what you going on the law? Who you gonna call? You Ghostbusters? Nah, baby, we, my friends gonna pull up. So no, I'm full with no laws. Mm-mm. I holler at a fireman though. Fireman, he run up in your house, flames everywhere, trying to save you. That's a brave man. I holler at a fireman. Cops don't do that. Listen, I, no, cops will kill you. Cops ain't brave. Nah. Nah, they Can't be putting that. that. Okay, you know what? Yeah, yeah, they can be brave, but they be starting stuff too. I'm not fooling with nobody who uh, is power tripping off their badge, and I I can say um, the only the only officers that I've ever had like cool encounters with, they've been very very few, um, and I could probably count on one hand. But let me tell you what ended up happening. I had a case and um, I was asking, you know, what I'm saying like, what's the procedure? I had a cop sit down. He was a, a bailiff because a lot of the um, a lot of the the, the cops when they retire, they become bailiff. Bailiff, yeah, yeah, you know, courthouse. So I had one basically tell me like the process that, you know, the, the procedure and how things went with one of my clients. It wasn't right. But when I asked him, like, won't you be my expert for my case? He wouldn't do it. Like, why wouldn't you want to do it? And it's because they they really have this loyalty to like they it's a gang like it's for real a gang like no I'm not, not hollering at no gang banger I mean no nah, right is no, right no right is right wrong, wrong is wrong yeah but it, I mean you gotta well play devil advocate yeah because if that was you're not gonna testify. Again, if you're the expert witness and your mama understand, you're not gonna testify against your mama. That ain't the same. That ain't diff. That's different. How's that the same? How's that different? That is not the same. All right, your cousin. That's not what is what what is the what is the situation? Is my cousin wrong? What why am I involved? You the expert. You're expert just the expert. For what? Whatever it is, they need an expert for. Okay, so here's the thing. For a situation like that, there there's no reason why they would need me. My expert, they, they wouldn't need me. But here's my thing. Somebody need to do it. I'm attached to that. You see what I'm saying? You asking me to come and be an expert against my cousin. What you can't come be an expert against a bad, a bad cop, and then they wonder why they want to be like, oh, what well, all of us ain't bad, but y'all protect the bad ones. That's my problem. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't. It, it's not enough for y'all standing up, and then when the ones who do stand up, they ostracize them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's when you be hearing about them not having no partners. That's when you hear about them getting iced out. That's when you hear about them not wanting to be, you know, not wanting to protect them. That's when. You hear about them getting fired and pushed out the department. Like, no, nah, that's not cool. They a gang. So, I mean, if you had the power, how would you? What's the best thing to do to fix something like this? Um, I would put. Uh, I would put the. Um, I'm create a national database with any law that has ever violated any citizens constitutional rights he would be in there he would not be able to work in a um in a uh, capacity as law enforcement ever again um he would have to carry um insurance um and um which would be uh something that you know uh 
Well, he would have to carry it so that if he's any anything that he's ever done when he gets sued, that would be where the, you know, the victim of his crimes mm-hmm. um, could get their money. Um, I would also uh, levy damages against uh, their retirement funds. And so the other laws would be motivated to get them up out that department. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to keeping them around and protecting them, I would do that. Um, if there is, uh, seems to be um, a pattern of it in a department, shut it down. You know what I'm saying? Um, they would all have to get up and go and start that thing over uh, from scratch. Bring in, um, you know, the Texas, bring in some Texas Rangers to... <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know the story of that Texas Ranger? Texas Ranger. Now tell me what story Texas. What you know about Texas Ranger? Um, I think the history of it is um, oh my God, I think I read in this book. Uh, this book is a book about the the Indians mm-hmm. and um, Native American. Native, Native American. Sorry, and oh my God, I missed what's the name of this book, man. It was some racist. Always some racist. No, nah, I think I was telling you about this book before. It was incredible, man. It, <laughs> white people so fucked up. <laughs> But Indians is fucked up too. <laughs> like, like, yeah, obviously there's one more wrong than the other, but you know, it's called, oh my gosh, I know, I, know I gotta find this book, man. It was an yeah. incredible book. Three but, titles. But yeah, that, that's, that's what, what else would I do? What else, what else would I do? I think, I think, no, you gotta pick one thing. One thing? Wait, let me tell you, one thing that would shake up that would make everything else fall into place. What? I think that lying in the fucking investigation room and all that type of shit, I think that shit is fucking wild. To me, when I hear these stories and they play back, that is fucking crazy. Like, cops can just tell you whatever they want while they're investigating you. When you talking about in the interrogation room? Yeah. But this is my thing. Why is you even talking to the laws? People, people don't know. Any of but, it, it, but, okay, so what's, what's, one, what's, what's the one thing that... Is you, even on TV on movies? What's the one thing that you see every time somebody gets arrested? Don't, what do you hear? Don't talk to the police. No, but what do you what do you hear them say? I don't need my attorney. No, no. What do you hear the law say when they arresting somebody every single time? Oh, your Miranda rights. Exactly. So why is it when it's time to apply them? Why you ain't using them? Just shut up, Sh- lawyer up, and shut up. That's what you do. You lawyer up and you shut up. Everybody don't have the. All right, we're talking about a common person who does not have the. Re- like the ba- we, we can look at the bail system. We can't even get up out of there. Like you, so, you, you might be able to get up out of there. No, most people. I would. <laughs> The next day. You okay, I mean? but here's the thing. Here, here's here's the thing is is people want uh people want a, a a process that's convenient, but they need to be real. You know what I'm saying? If you worried about spending time in 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 the county, um, you need to be more concerned about staying out prison because whatever you doing, where you think you helping yourself and you running your mouth to the laws, you're giving them information that they going to use against you and flip against you, right? So why don't you just be quiet and wait till you get you an attorney? Whether it's, even if it's a, and, and I used to be a public defender. So I, you know, I understand that, you know what I'm saying? There is, uh, you know, a, a reputation for public defenders, but I was a public defender and I defended my clients just like I handled my clients' cases as a private attorney. Matter of fact, that was 
Yeah, I had uh, I had judges and laws used to be pissed off at me because I was serious about my cases. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can't always, um, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you can't start off, you know what I'm saying, uh, operating from your fear and, and being nervous. You know what I'm saying? You get arrested, you still going to have to go before the judge. You know what I'm saying? You, they're not going to be able to hold you forever. So you're going to be able to go before the judge. If they give you a, you know, a bond, if you can't afford an attorney, they're going to appoint you one then. You can argue your bond then. If the bond is too high at that point, you get another bite at the apple. You can get, you know what I'm saying, explain. You get file another motion to get it reduced. It's not about, you know, keeping you in there. It's it's about making sure that you return. And if you get an attorney that's going to argue and point out all the elements, you ain't a flight risk. You know what I'm saying? You have ties to the community. Um, you have a job. You have children. You know what I'm saying? The judge is, is not going to, you know... Um, it's, it's not, it, especially what's the charge? You know what I'm saying? Did you murder somebody? Are you, did you, just a possession charge? Like jails is overcrowded. You know, he might get out on a PR bond. You know what I'm saying? So people don't, they so, yeah, we, they so nervous about prison yeah. that they ain't taking it step by step and they ruining. I just, I just think about people like, is it not Freddie Gray? Who's the kid in, in New York? They did the documentary on um, on FX. Jay Z did the documentary. Um, I, I don't want to say his name wrong because that's disrespectful. But yeah. I know his name is. Uh, I feel like he starts with a K. Uh, let me look this up real quick. Khalil Khalil Brown. I think that might be right. Hold on, Jay Z documentary. Jay Z. And see that uh, that was um, that was crazy because. Um, even I've had cases again, uh, you know what I'm saying? Constitutional right, uh, you know, um, thrown out because of, you know, speedy trial violation. You know what I'm saying? Like, where was his, where was his attorney filing his motion? At? Like, why, why his attorney didn't file a speedy trial motion? Because uh-huh. he ended up, he got out. He, they ended yeah, up, but he, he was, got out, but he was, yeah, so but Khalif, Khalif Browder. Khalif Browder. Browder. Now the problem with that is the man bail was eight hundred dollars. So then he would have. So it was it was eight thousand or was it eight hundred? If it was eight hundred, that means he needed eight. No, no, it was it was like eight thousand. But I know his bail to but, get yeah it was eight hundred dollars. Yeah, but like he lit like, bro, that that's and like when he did the investigation and everything over a stolen laptop, bro, and you could see even when they were interviewing him, like you could see how fucked up he was. Bro, that was a, I, I cried every episode. Mm-hmm. That shit don't make me want to leave. Like I listen to this stuff, I be I be terrified to leave my house. Even to this day, I be like, bro, Lord, just today, don't let that be today. Mm-hmm. Cause I see how how fast shit just be turning. Like, dang, and this is like, we see all the fuck shit, fucked up shit now. And granted, people are like being held more accountable because technology, social media, and things like that. But it's like, damn. In my mind, I was thinking about like, hold on, if this is the shit happening now. The fuck was going on 40 years ago? Yeah. That means 40 years ago, these are, these, them niggas is the all niggas getting out now. Mm-hmm. These is what the Innocent Project is. The other niggas, those are the people that are getting out now mm-hmm. from the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. Mm-hmm. That shit is crazy. Right. And like New York it, was bad. Yeah. And then they got like the junk science, mm-hmm. like the bite marks, mm-hmm. these fake experts that you, mm-hmm. bro, they, I remember this lady, I remember I was listening to one the other day. I forgot what type of specialist it was. Pretty much she had to take a course mm-hmm. for like three months. And now you can go on stands 
and speak as a as an expert. expert. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like this shit is terrifying. Right. Like, like, what are we having? I just feel like if I could change one thing, I would, I would just be like that. That police just being in, sitting in investigation rooms and just saying whatever to whoever. Mm. Like, you ever seen that movie Four Brothers uh, with uh, Andre Three Thousand and Yeah, I think it was Matt Damon. But you remember? Nah, that wasn't no Matt Damon. That was Ben a Affleck. Funky, funky. Uh, ben Affleck. No. A funky Marky Marky Mark and the Funky Boy. Oh yeah, Mark Warburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that white boy. So but you remember the one scene they all get arrested mm-hmm. and the cops are just saying the, all the same like the lie. Mm-hmm. And but they already they pee game. Exactly. That's They're, why you be quiet. Yeah. Don't participate in the conversation. What you say at that point is, I want an attorney. I, I don't want to speak unless I have an attorney present because with your attorney present, they could tell you, don't say that. Shut up. He's not answering that. You know what I'm saying? But people want to sit in there and have conversations because they feel like they're going to get up. Yeah. Like you like, do you really think you're going to be sitting in an interrogation room and that your conversation, your, your mouthpiece is going to be your key to freedom from the interrogate interrogation room? Like, yeah. baby, please. No, you finna be sitting up in there and you finna go to the cell afterwards. Just shut up. Don't say nothing. Ask for an attorney and hush. Like save your breath. Don't give them no, they are building the minute you start having it. I don't care what the minute you have an encounter with a law, they build in their case. Everything you say and even stuff you say that you think is innocent. You know what I'm saying? Is they can flip it and use it against you. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. But I mean, like I said, lawyer up and shut up. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. The interrogation room, you know what I'm saying? That that's what they do. They they coming in there and they trying to hit you with anything they think that could, you know, shake you down and get you to sit in there running your mouth. Don't say nothing. If they if they got a case that's so solid against you, they gotta prove it. They need to give it to the prosecutor. And that's another thing, is that's still another step. Like they first of all, they can't tell you. They have no control over time that, you know, they'd be like, oh, if you tell us this, we might be able to talk. No, the prosecutor, that they are one step in the legal process. The prosecutors are the ones that you have to talk to when you start negotiating sentences and stuff. Police officers don't have no say over that. I used to have... um I had a lot of issues uh, running into procedure when I was uh, working in um, Jackson as a uh, public defender because (laughs) they used to really come to the uh, initial appearances and try to like work, like argue, bond and stuff like prosecutors. I used to be tearing them up because they like, you are not like what you, you are present you are a witness on the case you don't get to now act as a prosecutor because for some reason prosecutors didn't think that it was important enough for them to come over there the a couple of times they did i was wearing them out they weren't coming over there no more and so then it would be the you know the um the the laws who you know the arresting officer would be sitting up there talking about what happened how they was able to you know how they uh you know how the encounter began what they end up finding you know whatever and then they would be asking you know and so I'm you know I'm asking that they don't get an objection 
Like he is, you know, arguing, uh, presenting arguments for bond and he's not authorized to practice law. Well, I have been uh, officer for 40 years and that's cute. But this part of the job, you ain't qualified to do. Like, get out of here. Say so be mad at me. They couldn't stand me down there. <laughs> and I did not care. <laughs> they loved it when it wasn't my week. Because when it was my week, man, we getting, we getting bonds. We getting out on your personal recognizance. We getting, you know what I'm saying? Like $1,000 bonds, $100. Like, yeah. They used to try to get like no bonds, but then I figured out they wasn't supposed to be doing that in that specific court we was in. And so I had judge who was had to go back and reverse some of his uh, rulings on my cases because I showed to him like, you don't even have the authority to not give my clients bond in this court. Like you need to give a bond, even if it's high. You need to give a bond because you don't have the authority not to give a bond in this court. And he came back and he called me. He was like, uh, I did research on what you told me. You're right. He was like, you pulled up all your cases where you know that I, you know, withheld a bond. Um, I'll go back in and, you know what I'm saying? And basically correct my wrong. Like, no, I don't, I don't do laws. They, it's that power trip for me. I haven't, you, you gotta, you gotta show me that you really out here trying to do the right thing. And when you're doing the right thing, that means you holding people around you accountable. And that's where people slip up is they don't be trying to make sure that everybody around them, they, they be cool with what they doing as long as they also ain't got to hold their colleagues accountable. I don't like that. That's crazy, man. We got an hour and a half right now. We're going to end this here right here. This is my girl, attorney Sharika Gatson or Sharika Gatson Esquire. Graduated from Howard University. Uh, that's crazy. Like when you graduated, <laughs> I just what? ain't got to school. You said what? When you graduated, I just got to school. Little baby. Lit. It was lit. I love FIU. Nah, so um, let everybody hear uh, Instagram. Attorney CG. Uh, attorney C-I-J-I. Okay, and um, if they want to like hire you for whatever that their information is on that Instagram, yeah, or you can also go to attorneycg.com and it's just the letter CG, CG.com, yeah, attorney CG, attorney CG, letter C's, letter G, and the letter, yeah, attorney letter C, letter G. Okay. All right, this is the first one we'll plug up. We're going to bring her back on just to talk more about more specific cases. Specific, sorry, I cannot say that word. Um, Like, say, we'll see some shit in the news. Yeah, for sure. I thought we was going to talk about some of that. I feel like you always be asking me about stuff in the news. Yeah, but I don't I know, don't know if you have all, like, the information to bring up. I mean, but you can still ask me. You know, I can give a legal analysis. Based you on, make me do it in the other time. Based upon what you know, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we we're gonna we're gonna try that. Oh, I might see something in the news, or you might see something that's kind of like people are gonna try to like blah blah blah, and then that's always that's that's that stuff's always going on all the time. Yeah, I think I seen something recently in the news actually that was um, kind of wild. I mean, even if it's just like that business stuff or that criminal, I seen something, but I can't remember what it was, but. Something crazy going on in the news right now, criminal wise. If I'm not, oh yeah, the uh, 
the the couple. There's a couple uh, that has been uh, charged with um, racketeering and I think uh, attempted murder. Um, they are. Uh, I don't want to call them influencers, but they were doing something. Um, they uh, they allegedly scamming. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember what motive. I don't. I can't remember what 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 the lady was doing. What she what her actual job is, but she was getting money. And um, somebody uh, ended up uh, accusing them of uh, scamming, and they basically like put a hit on that lady. And so now they got like they've been indicted. Um, and uh, this is um, she's a very popular. I, but I can't remember what it was that she did. Like, I don't know if she was like kind of like like that motivational wasn't life coach. Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because I have two homegirls. Got, remember I told you how to tell them two homegirls got one homegirl got arrested driving from one place to the other. We're going to look. We're going to do that one next week. Mm-hmm. I got I got a case like that. Thrown out because the stop was bad. Damn. Well, we're going to look up and see what they got going on. And we're going to bring it to you because one of them, I used to talk to one of them back in the day. Mm-hmm. And like, I know she was, I mean, we don't know what people got going on in their lives, man. But I want to know what's going on. We're going to research. It's public information. So mm-hmm. I have a right to it. And we're going to see what's up because I just feel like, you know, she was a, I always found her. When she moved to LA, I just thought like I was happy for her. And I thought like what she was doing, she had really found her calling. Yeah. But I know... I also know in life when things just get rough, like sometimes we get desperate mm-hmm. and we and we and we do things that we normally wouldn't do or we don't know the information about like so a person might like, you know, I can't I'm s I am do not want to take a ten thousand dollar loan for my business mm-hmm. and have to pay that back on thirty percent interest, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna take this stuff and drive over here. But you need to ask yourself. Why are they asking you to do it? I don't know. That's what drug dealers do. I don't know. That's what those type of people do. Nah, baby. Anytime I I I done seen some stories like that, and most of the time you were you you were moving duck. They getting you because they know what time it is. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they get caught, and it's like, yeah, I knew somebody was watching. You know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-mm. you ain't got no experience doing this. Nah, baby. Something going on. Mm. All right, man, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to look up into that case uh, next week. I get back Friday. So probably next week, Monday, we're going to have a, a, a specific two cases that we're going to dive into. And I'm going to ask a bunch of questions to understand First and Wild this podcast is Thank you so on much. Social media. Sharika Gatson, Esquire. your time today on this Monday Instagram. Now. Thank you for having me. First and Wild Podcast. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend. All that First and Wild Podcast. This episode of First and Wild was produced by T. Coop for Darshan Music Production. Executive produced by Slim City, even though T. Coop did most of the work. Like 95%.